Hey everybody, welcome to Ask Me Anything. My name is Matt Love. I am here with pastor, author, theologian J.D. Greer. And J.D., we are in the, we're in this longer marriage and family series. Um, and we're actually about to start today and then next week we're in a two-part um, episode about dating specifically. And so, Pastor JD, I'm excited to ask you some of these questions. Um, I actually, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I lived with JD in his uh, basement. Uh, he had like a guest room in his basement. I lived with you while I was engaged uh, to my wife. So, you know, I think in some ways you probably get credit for most of the good things about my relationship. But this is going to be an exciting two-part episode in this marriage and family series about dating. And the first question, JD, is what counsel... Do you normally or would you normally give young Christians about dating? Yeah, it's a great question. As a dad of, uh, of three teenage girls and one soon-to-be teenage boy, um, I'm thinking about that a lot. To be honest with you, I thought about it a lot back in when I was um, in college and I'd, I'd started to follow the Lord. That was right when Josh Harris's landmark book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye, um, came out. And just what is the Christian approach to dating? Because there's no... There's no clear, you know, instructions on it in the Bible. I mean, there were more arranged marriages back then than anything. And uh, there's no, you know, book of Casanova. There's no, you know, how to date. I mean, you got Song of Solomon, but that's, again, it's just, it's hard to apply that directly. The best you can do is pull out um, principles. And, and yeah, I want to share those. These come from a message that I preached, but they generally are the counsel that I give to couples or people that are looking to date or start dating, whether they're in high school or or they're young adults. Um, let me just kind of say preliminarily, you know, you probably noticed this by now, but our, our culture is not doing awesome with the whole dating and marriage thing. When I was in high school, it was always about how you're dating in a way that leads you to, uh, that sets you up better for divorce than it does for marriage. Um, nowadays with all the digital stuff, I mean, it's a lot of, it's just not even really dating. It's just become a more of a hookup culture and you're not really getting to know people. So I think this is a, it's something very timely and it's a way to be countercultural. Um, these, I'm gonna give you six biblical resolutions. Three of them we'll, we'll talk about today, three of them the next time. Um, they're uncommon, they're countercultural for sure. But you know, I think it's like Craig Rochelle says, if you want something nobody else has, you got to be willing to do what nobody else does. And these are things that our, our culture is not doing, but I don't know if I want to end up like most of the marriages that our culture um, is what they're creating. What these will give you is the kind of marriage that that Jesus wants for you, and honestly, that that, that you're longing for. Um, here's the first one: when you're dating, you know, I always tell people to resolve to prioritize character over chemistry. Character over chemistry. Now, I mean, God made attraction, so it's not bad. I mean, one of a friend of mine used to say, you know, God's not the one that's going to crawl into bed with her every night. I am. And so, you know, I know God loves her, but am I attracted to her? And that's, I mean, God created that in you. It's part of the, and there's nothing wrong with that uh, part of the, the process. But the reality is there are different kinds of beauty and they carry different kinds of weight and they last different lengths. And you've got to learn to prioritize the right kind of beauty. The apostle Peter talks about this when he, he talks about something that applies to men and women, but he's specifically talking about women here, but it would apply to both. He says, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, uh, just for your attractiveness. Um, he's, you know, in, in Peter's case, he says, elaborate hairstyles, the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, the beauty you should prioritize should be beauty of your inner self, unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Um, you see that guy and you're like, he's so cute. His eyes are beautiful. When he takes off his shirt, he's got that incredible six pack or, 
you know, the guy says, man, have you seen her smile and just how she lights up the room and her hair and the way she looks in that dress and I can't stop thinking about her. Let me just go ahead and tell you as a, um, a happily married man of 22 years now, when your kid gets sick and you're on your way to the emergency room at 3 a.m., it doesn't matter what kind of six pack that guy has or how beautiful her hair is. What's going to matter is if if he's the kind of guy that you know is going to um, be faithful to to you, um, that will call out to God in prayer. If he's a spiritual rock that you can lean on, when you lose your job, it's not going to matter how um, you know how shapely she is. It's what's going to matter. If she's kind of partner. You know who will stand by you and not go anywhere, um, even when um, when life is dealt you a, a bad hand when you're preparing to tie yourself physically emotionally and spiritually to somebody else for life um, you need to think about what is it that is going to um, sustain me for the long haul um, yes god can work in a bad marriage and sometimes you get trapped in a bad marriage through no fault of your own but um, when you are choosing to tie yourself emotionally to somebody for the rest of your life, you need to prioritize character above everything. It's not that the other's not important. That's why I started by you know affirming that it's it's a part of the process. But um, prioritize character because character, like Peter says, lasts long after the other um, the other kinds of beauty fade. Um, here's the second thing um, that you try to encourage people with is is you know I'd say you know, resolve to date for clarity, not intimacy. Date for clarity, not intimacy. The purpose of dating is to choose somebody to marry. And if that's true, then that means character matters most of all. And what that means is that getting intoxicated with physical intimacy, um, you should keep to a minimum because it, it skews how you think about things. Physical intimacy works like a drug. Um, it intoxicates you. That's not always bad. I mean, when, you, when you're in pain and you pop a codeine pill that the doctor prescribes for you, the drug deceives you into thinking you feel awesome. And at times you need that. I'm grateful for that kind of medicine. But if you took codeine and then decided to go for a 10-mile run, you're, you're setting yourself up for trouble. The same is true for relationships. When the drug of physical intimacy keeps you from seeing who the other person really is, then you're going to obscure your awareness of their character which is one day after that drug of physical intimacy is worn off in your marriage, which it will, what you're going to be left with is the character and the character that you stayed blind to um, because you were all hopped up on that physical intimacy drug. Um, you're just creating problems for yourself. Physical intimacy, it will fade. And, and when it does, just like when the codeine wears off, what you're left is a sick relationship. I always encourage my, my kids. In fact, I had this talk with one of my daughters the other day to think of it like a pyramid. On the bottom of the pyramid, say that you, that's your spiritual connection in a relationship. The next layer up is emotional um, connection. And then the third, like the little pinnacle of, of the pyramid, that's your physical intimacy. That's the way any healthy relationship is built. Spiritual, the friendship, that's the rock, then the emotional compatibility, the, the love that you have for each other, and then that physical intimacy. Most um, dating relationships try to flip that upside down. And when you put that little pinnacle at the you know, on the bottom, it's an unstable pyramid. It's just going to waver back and forth. You want the big part of the pyramid on the bottom and, and you want to keep physical intimacy to a minimum. My dad always had these, what he called his Lynn's laws. My dad's name is Lynn. And, um, and he always said, you got to keep it when you're dating to a minimum. And he said, Lynn's laws are, he says, nothing should ever last longer than five seconds. If it lasts longer than five seconds, it's become sin. So talking about physical intimacy, he says, number two, um, nothing in the dark. He says, if you wouldn't do it in the light, don't do it in the dark when you're dating. He said, number three, never, ever, 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 ever for any reason lie down. He said, because if you can lie down and 
you know, not become sexually aroused, then you're not attracted to her or there's something wrong with you. And then um, number four is um, nothing below the neck. Uh, make sure you keep your hands and your mouth off of anything below the neck. And he said, if you just, you know, abide by those, not like those are like purely biblical, but if you abide by those, it'll at least keep you from getting in situations. And sure enough, when I was dating, when we stayed in those parameters, everything was um, was fine. So, but the bigger point is um, because character matters and you're, you're dating for clarity, not intimacy, then you ought to keep physical intimacy, keep physical connection to a minimum because that will obscure clarity by giving you this feeling of intimacy that's not built on, on that rock solid character. So date for clarity, not, not intimate connection. The third one, and I'm giving all these in the form of like a resolution, some resolutions you can make resolve to reject the marriage completes me myth. Uh, we, I'm not going to spend a long time on this because we just had a whole um, ask me anything on this, but this myth is something that people enter into the dating um, sphere with. The idea is that there's one person out there. Maybe you think there's multiple people, but somebody that just completes you, makes you feel secure where you were insecure, makes you feel loved where you felt underappreciated, makes you feel respected where you felt despised. And when you find that person, you say what Tom Cruise said to Renee Zellweger. This is kind of an older movie, but he said, you know, you complete me. A few weeks ago on Ask Me Anything, we said that is a myth because in one sense, you always marry the wrong person for a few reasons. One, your spouse is a sinner. So are you. That means you're going to let you down and disappoint you. It's not to say the choice doesn't matter, but if we think the perfect person is going to make marriage a breeze, then we are sorely mistaken. Um, the second idea is you just weren't created to be complete in another person. You were created to be complete in God. I always say that dating for many people is like you got a guy floating in a sea of loneliness and despair and low self-esteem and along by floats a five foot two blonde headed life preserver. So what does he do? He clings to her, suffocates the life out of her because he's looking for something in her that he can really only find in the love of God. Lonely, insecure, low self-esteem single people become lonely, insecure, low self-esteem married people because problems like low self-esteem and, and loneliness and insecurity, they're not cured by another human being. They're only cured by the love of God. And so you got to reject that perfect person myth and say that God's main purpose in your life is teaching you to be complete in him. And then you date out of fullness, not out of emptiness. That's a very key thing in this is, is if you can become full in Christ, then you become a much more healthy dating partner and um, you become much more capable of, of participating in the real purpose of marriage, which is not to make you complete in another human being, but to make you someone who loves like God does, love somebody who is at times broken and will disappoint you and to be able to love them um, and not use them because you're complete in Christ and you are now loving this person and serving them instead of uh, using them to bolster your self-esteem or um, complete you in your miserable life. So um, those are the three that I would, uh, yeah, let's just stop there and say those are three resolutions that I would tell somebody to make. Um, resolve to prioritize character of chemistry, resolve the day for clarity, not intimacy, and resolve to reject that, that marriage completes me enough. That's super helpful. And um, definitely everybody come back and listen next week because JD's going to continue answering this question and do part two, um, talking about some of the counsel he gives young Christians about dating. So definitely come back and listen next week. And if you want more from Pastor JD, in the meantime, you can always go to jdgreer.com. You can always follow him on social media. Those are great ways to get any new content, sermons, uh, articles, all that kind of stuff from Pastor JD. So we will see you next time. 
on Ask Me Anything. 